Welcome to Epiphany Fellowships Podcast. My name is Dr. Eric Mason, lead pastor and founder of Epiphany Fellowship in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Thank you so much for tuning into our podcast. Our desire is to see people everywhere show off the glory of Christ in every area of life. God bless you as you listen and consider subscribing so that you can tune in every week to check out new messages. God bless you and take care. That he is great. Even if you're still in it, he's great. Um, God's greatness is never determined by your situation. <laughs> I would even add, God's greatness is actually experienced in your situation. Um, um, we, we many times... We as preachers today spend a lot of time trying to shout people versus trying to prepare people. And um, in those dark seasons are the times where you need to remember his greatness. And one of the ways that God has expressed his greatness in many of our lives is through mothers. How many of you are thankful for mothers today? Amen. 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 Happy Mother's Day to all the mothers. Will all the mothers just stand up? real quick in love amen 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 thank you thank you thank you thank you thank you mothers thank you mothers and for those of us like me who whose mother is no longer with us uh, we, we pray for you today that God will continue to give you strength and grace on a day um, where for many this is a day of excitement and reservations and and dinners and different things. And for you, it's a time of only memory. And so we uh, wanna remember those in prayer who are dealing with that grief. Well, let's go ahead and stand to our feet. Let's go ahead and stand to our feet and let's go ahead and get in the word of God today. We are in one verse today, which is gonna lead to a bunch of sermons. So just one verse, there's just so much in it that'll lead us to so many other things. Um, as we transition the series a bit. Um, but I think um, it, if God has made it clear, we need to focus. Somebody say focus. Focus in this particular area. One, two, three, read. Amen, 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 amen. Today, I want to start a second level of the series called warfare prayer warfare prayer somebody say warfare prayer yeah 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 let's 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 dig in lord this is an area of our life where i don't care how much of a prayer person we think we are you always have a sense that you don't do it enough God, I pray that you would teach us during this section of the series and frame us and help us to see things so, 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 so clearly as we begin to fight the enemy with prayer. God, let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable in your sight. Oh God, our strength and our redeemer in whom 
we trust. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Everybody agree with that said? Amen, 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 amen. A man um, had a burglar burglarize his home while his family was there. The burglar literally destroyed his house, uh, hogtied his family, and did unmentionables to almost everyone in his household, not only in taking things that were very intimate and very costly to them. Um, the police were somehow called, and when the police got to the house, uh, they untied the family. The family was still alive, but very, very shaken up and very broken and very distraught to the point where they were never the same again. And as forensics began to go around the house and look around the house to just kind of get some tips and clues, forensics were a little confused. The thing that the forensic team was confused about is there were so many weapons in the house. There were, there were stashes of weapons in all of these different places and, 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 and that, that could have easily been utilized as a mechanism to deter the burglar. And, and, and they, were, they were blown away that, that, the, that the man of the house didn't get one of those weapons in order to, I mean, he's gone to all these classes and he sat under all this teaching to practice and develop defense mechanisms. But when it was actually time to utilize the weapons for the exact thing that he was preparing all this time for, he choked. And everything in his house was destroyed and never the same, all because he refused to utilize the tools that he had prepared to use when the battle came. Prayer is the same way in many of our lives. Is the enemy in many of our lives is coming in to our homes and to our situations, and he's literally going berserk in our homes and in our lives and in our finances and in our spiritual life and in our children's life and in our, our, our family's life, nieces and nephews' life, and, and, and in our work life, and, and, and we still go through all that we go through and still will not pick up the spiritual phone, which is access to the greatest weapon that the believer has. And the enemy is destroying things in our life. I'm convinced that we as believers miss out on so much all because we are prayer anemic. And I'm, 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 I'm wondering, even, even for myself as I'm working through this in my own study time and prayer time, is man, as I've gotten, started working through this, I'm going to just tell you so much opened up for me. Um, and I'm beginning to learn, man, I haven't in my own life scratched the surface of prayer. I mean... If we really, as we go into the mini series of the rest of this series, I'm telling you, prayer is powerful. Like, 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 I don't care if I don't get no amens. I'm just telling you. When we get finished this, if you don't pray, something wrong with you. 
Because, because, because there's so much in your life right now that can be stopped if you went before God. There's so much in your life right now that can open up. Some of the stuff in your life that you're looking for God to open up hasn't opened up, not because you didn't fill out the application, not because you didn't make a plan, not because you don't have the education, not because you don't have the skill. It's literally God is on the throne with his arms crossed waiting for it to be more than a transaction in your relationship with him to begin to open up your mouth and get some breakthroughs that's waiting on you in your life. Yeah, the Holy Spirit, we learned... He intercedes for us. He does. But he intercedes when we get tired. Not from chillage. And so we come to Paul and he ends this letter talking about prayer. Uh, Got some interesting quotes about prayer because people are always seem to be confused when it comes to prayer. I like the way Leonard Ravenhill says, he says, no man is, or woman is greater than their prayer life. He said, the pastor who is not praying is playing. He said, the people who are not praying are straying. He said, the pulpit can be a shop window to display one's talents, but the prayer closet allows no showing off. (laughs) Spurgeon says, the very act of prayer is a blessing. He said, he who knows how to overcome with God in prayer has heaven and earth at his or her disposal. Dr. Evans says it like this. He said, simply defined, prayer is earthly permission for heavenly interference. I like that. I like that. Mark Bubeck, in his section on warfare prayer, in his classic book on, uh, uh, actually, warfare praying, he says, it is impossible to overemphasize the role of biblical prayer in the victory of believers. I don't know any Christian leader or biography that I've ever read where prayer, like, I mean, I'm talking about people who have done amazing things. One of the things that you will see in many of their lives is a significant, stay with me, commitment to prayer. Uh, 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 People like to look at people's glory, but don't like to look at people's story. And when God wants to use you greatly, he always crushes you deeply. And when he crushes you deeply, he wants you to become dependent in prayer, not bitter of heart. And th- there's some stuff in your life, I'm telling you, that's not going to get done until you pray. And, 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 and some of us in our spiritual life have strayed because we've let the crushing that God has allowed us to go through to, to actually function as a deterrent from us pursuing him more deeply, we've walked in deeper immorality than we walked in deeper spirituality. So when we look at this idea of prayer, I want to let you know something. Prayer, listen, is the birth canal for the will of God. Somebody need to get that in their spirit. 
I'm going to explain all of this in a second, but it's the birth canal. Somebody say the birth canal. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's the birth canal for the will of God. Not only that, this, this is interesting. God can do without our prayers, but he chooses to do things through our prayers. Let me say it another way. God will work without your prayers. He can. He can. But he chooses to work through our prayers. So the forces of darkness, family of God, concede at the prayers of the believer that is mighty in prayer. So Paul, I love what he does here at the end of the armor. Some have thought that his mention of prayer here is actually another, another piece of the armor. I don't think it's another piece of the armor at all. The text lets us know that it's not because he doesn't say put on this. He just tells you to pray. Prayer is not armor. It's the arms to put your armor on. <laughs> well, when, when Paul here says what he says, he says pray at all times in the spirit, which brings me to my one and only point. If you're going to learn how to have warfare prayer, you got to recognize this. You can get more done on your knees than on your feet. You can get more done on your knees than on your feet. Paul says, pray at all times in the spirit with every pair. Now, the, now, now, now the nuance of the NIV and a, a couple of other translations, I like the way it nuances uh, the, the, the language here. It says, in the NIV, it says, pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. I'm going to come back to why it's translated like that in the NIV, which is still contained here, but I like the way it says every prayer, but, but it can be translated every type of prayer. Okay, and, and, and we're going to talk about why does it say every type of prayer as if there are different types of prayers? <laughs> But he says, pray at all times in the spirit. Pray. Prayer is fellowship with God through Jesus Christ, expressed in adoration, thanksgiving, and accession, through which believers draw near to God and learn more of his will for their lives. And so, why do we pray? Let me just say this. Prayer is not the dictation of your will to God merely, but it's your alignment with his will. Let me say that again. Prayer is not merely you dictating your will to God. Stay with me, please. It is your alignment with it. How do I know that? Because Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane, he says something interesting. He says, Lord, please let this cup pass from me. Lord, let this cup. He says it three times, but then at the end, what does he say? Not my will, but thy will be done. In other words, Jesus pressed into the Father in prayer to make sure that what he was about to go through, he was aligned with God's will. Why? Because the Bible, somebody said, well, how can Jesus have to do that? Because he was human. He, that wasn't sinful. It was actually showing his commitment to perfection. Why? Because Hebrew says he was perfected through the things that he suffered. And he said in his suffering, it says in Hebrews, interesting, he was perfected through loud cries and yells. In other words, Jesus Christ, the Son of God, 
knew that it was important when there was an opportunity to do something stupid, when it was an opportunity not to do the will of God, that sometimes you got to open up your mouth and begin to make sure that you're aligned with God's will, not just telling God what you want. You can tell him in the struggle like Jesus did, said, I I, I, I don't want this cup to to come apart because he knew the weight of the wrath of God coming down on him, what it would have been like. But he said, you know what, though? I'm praying because I don't want my will to be done, but yours to be done. How many times in your prayer life have you prayed in such an intense matter that you experienced a shift of soul to do something that you knew was right, but that you didn't want to do? That's, that's the powerful nature of prayer. Prayer, I, I, I can remember times being in prayer, and I'm like, why am I about to pray this? This sounds like spiritual suicide. But I almost feel like if I don't pray it, I'm out of the will of God. So I'm Lord, and I'll, I'll start it like I'm like, Lord, I'm about to pray this. I don't feel like I'm supposed to pray it, but it's biblical. And I'm going to go ahead and pray this thing. And so when we talk about prayer, we talk about it as ultimately interpersonal communication with God, mainly us, us being in communication with God. Connecting and communicating, unleashing his will in your life. But then it says, pray at all times. So he says, pray at all times, which there's so much in Scripture about us praying at all times. And and, and it it, it points to the fact that prayer should be an intensive lifestyle that we have as believers. Um, Colossians 4.2 says, devote yourselves to prayer. 1 Thessalonians 5.17 says, Pray constantly or pray without ceasing. Philippians 4, 6 says pray uh, through prayer and petition. Luke 18, 1, I love this verse. Now he told them a parable on the need for them to pray always and not give up. (laughs) Romans 12, 12 says be persistent in prayer. So we see here right now as we build this foundation uh, uh, um, um, that, 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 that prayer is something that should be a hefty part of my life. One of the most convicting things on Sundays is my phone sends me a message. My phone has an auto message on it that tells me how much time I've spent on it weekly. Oh, ain't nobody going to talk back on that part. <laughs> and, 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 and it tells me this week you've been on your phone this many hours a day. Uh-oh, it's got too real right there. It, it'll, 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 it'll say, oh, you're down 17% this week. Keep it going. It's interesting that even the phone company knows that we need to be off the phone sometimes. But what's interesting, what if God had a device to say how much time we spent in prayer? What would it say on average? You've prayed five minutes this week. <laughs> you're down 50% this week. Now you're down to two and a half minutes, right? So when we look at prayer, we realize when men lie, women lie, but numbers don't lie. And the question is for us, are we persistent? 
And persistent doesn't just mean praying all the time. It means praying when you don't feel like it. Now, 90% of the time, prayer is an uphill battle. Particularly when you're not sensing his presence. When you're not sensing that Holy Ghost cry that you felt before, and you're like, oh, God, I bless you. Thank you, God. And you in that. Like, if you're not in the, See, the time is when it feels dry. It feels like no oil is in the room. No presence is in the room. The question is, will you persist in prayer? And I'm going to tell you right now, if you persist in them, in them drynesses, there's a point within your prayer that the Holy Ghost is like, just come a little further, just come a little further, and I'm going to break loose. But I'm going to see if you'll persist enough to experience my presence in prayer. I'm going to keep it moving. So he says, pray at all times in the Spirit. Pray in the realm of the Spirit. When we look at this idea of praying in the Spirit, it's a beautiful phrase because this phrase has a multitude of ties with it. It means the disposition of power and authenticity, Romans 12, 11. It also means the place of victory and eternal realities, 1 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16. It points to the place and sphere of empowerment. I know some people have translated this to mean pray with your spirit, but here in like in uh, 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 Jude, it talks about praying in the Holy Spirit. It's not talking about speaking in tongues per se. The, the, the first of this is praying from a disposition of empowered dependence, knowing that you are praying from a place of not mumbo jumbo based on what Jesus talks about in the Sermon on the Mount. You just say, thank you, Lord, for this day. I thank you for your blessings and your wisdom. Thank you, God, for keeping me and my family. Thank you for uh, putting food on my table and clothes on my back. Thank you that the four corners of this room wasn't my cooling board. Thank you, Lord, Abraham. See, that, that's, not, that's not Holy Ghost prayer. Holy Ghost prayer is immediately, mentally knowing that when you go before the throne of, when you go in prayer, you are spiritually transported into his presence. So that means when you pray, there's a way he's in the room that he hadn't been in the room, even though he's omnipresent and inside of you. <laughs> and that you're literally, uh, 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 and you, you're taking this as Lord, and then you do a little pause or something. Whatever, whatever you do to get there, some people just pause and say, God I, 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 I'm, I, God, I just call out to you right now. That's different. Then, oh, God, we thank you for this day. God, you are good, and your mercy endures forever. Greater is he. Then you begin. No, we're not talking about wishy-washy, wreck-it-rough prayer. We're talking about, we're talking about, we're talking about, I'm not even talking about necessarily yelling. I'm talking about this sense that, 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 that the spirit realm is real and that the Holy Spirit is real. And that when you open up your mouth and that you begin to speak, heaven is hearing you. That's why, that's why you can, that's why when some people pray, this is how you know. There's some people that pray, you transport it with them. You ever, you, ever, you ever been with somebody that's just broken? And every time they pray, when, when they pray, it's almost like the, we all got transported real fast into heaven's room. And, you like, and then you start lifting your hands. Why? And then you wonder how they got that. They got that from praying. They got that from being used to being in God's presence and God's presence being a reality. That's what it means to pray in the Holy Spirit. It means that God is a real reality. When I heard this activist uh, uh, say, this, this justice activist, she was talking and she said, you know, I, I'm sick of the church saying pray. 
And I was like, I understand what she's saying, but I also understand that she doesn't understand what she's saying. I understand that what she's saying, that we shouldn't just pray. But what I'm hearing from you is that prayer ain't powerful. Because if you understand the shifting nature of what prayer does and what it's able to do, you wouldn't say those crazy statements of just acting like prayer is just us talking to an imaginary friend. But when we pray and when we open up our mouth, we're not talking to an imaginary friend. We're talking about the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords with full access to his presence. Pray at all times in the spirit. I'm gonna maximize these 15, 16 minutes we got. Because this is when we get to learn. And somebody say, get to learning. He says, with every type of prayer. I'm literally, after this week, or including this week, I was going to shift the series and begin to end it. But I'm actually going to spend the rest of the time until I go on sabbatical on prayer. And... Because this every type of prayer has always, always shook me a little bit. Because I was like, what does the Bible mean about every type of prayer? When, they, when Jesus asked them, when they said, teach us how to pray, our Father who art in heaven, how to pray, he went through. And I thought that was the, 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 the parts and sections of prayer. But that's not merely a prayer format for one prayer. It's also sections for things that can be prayer in and of itself. Okay. It's all through the Bible. When I began looking at prayers, I started saying, oh, that's what that is. Different prayers have a lot of components, but then there are prayers in the Bible, listen, that are dedicated to being a specific type of prayer. And when you look at the specific, oh, God, I wish I had time. When you look at the specific type of prayer, you see a specific type of response that's based on that specific type of prayer. And many times I'm realizing that many of us pray the wrong types of prayers for the wrong situations. <laughs> when he says every type of prayer, let's, let's name some types. There may be some overlap. But these are some of the ones I'm going to go through. And then I'm going to focus on a little bit on one type today. First one, praise and thanksgiving is a type of prayer. In and of itself, praise and thanksgiving by itself is a type of prayer. Listen to me, and it gets stuff done. <laughs> but see, ain't nobody going to shout because you don't understand it yet. But by itself, it gets stuff done. Next one, confession and repentance is a type of prayer where you just do that. And it gets stuff done, and I'm going to show you how it relates to spiritual warfare. Because each part I've seen throughout, my mind was just literally blown off the water when I said, this has been under our noses all this time, and I'm pretty sure some church father in some obscure section of his treatise said something about this. Lament. Lament. Petitions, supplications. Eventually, we're going to talk about harvest prayer. 
<laughs> Prayer of faith or travailing? Or travailing? Binding and loosing? Deliverance prayer and intercession. Oh, God, help me. Now, when you go through this list, you'll see each one of these types. Are y'all still struggling with me today? Y'all got real quiet. I just want to make sure y'all listening. Y'all ain't falling asleep, are you? What's interesting is each one of these type of prayers are for normal life and for warfare life. Now, there's a second tier to these types of prayers. This is not an exhaustive list, by the way. I'm just naming the ones that I could see as of this point. But was in, And I'm only going to do six weeks because we'll be on this the rest of the year. Now, then I'm looking at this actual, these verses and knowing that prayer is the mechanism to put armor on and realize there are truth prayers, there are righteousness prayers, there are peace prayers, and there are faith prayers, shield of faith prayers. What do truth prayers do? Holds things together. Because <laughs> what does the belt of truth do? Holds stuff together. When stuff's falling apart, truth prayers. Righteousness prayers, heart protection for mind, emotions, and will. I'm not going to spend too much time on the Peace prayer, restorative prayers for order in your life. <laughs> Shield of faith prayers are protective prayers for confidence in the Lord. Now, let's, let's breathe. Praise and thanksgiving prayers. Um, I'm blown away by this. Acts 16, family. Acts chapter 16 with me. In Acts chapter 16, this is very, very important. I want to read this. It's not going to be up on the board. I want to read it. Because I want to show you what happens in this text as it relates to spiritual warfare and praise and thanksgiving prayer. It says, once, verse 16, as we were praying, as we were, I'm sorry, as we were on our way to prayer, they were going to prayer, a slave girl met us who had a spirit by which she predicted the future. She made a large profit for her owners by fortune telling. As she followed, Acts 16, 16, now I'm in verse 17. As she followed Paul and us, she cried out, These men who are proclaiming to you the way of salvation are the servants of the Most High God. She did this for many days. So what ended up happening is during Paul and Barnabas' ministry, a demon-possessed girl started following them. She, she began following them around, and she kept saying that they were men who were proclaiming good news of salvation based on the way. Now, she wasn't telling people to listening to them. I believe because she had a demon, she was warning them. So she kept doing this. Can you imagine somebody just heckling you all day? We're not talking about a troll on your feed that you could turn off on social media. I'm talking about somebody following you all day talking about you and saying stuff about you out real loud. Now, I love the swagaliciousness in the Holy Ghost that this next verse says. Because it says, Paul was greatly annoyed. So, <laughs> look what happens, though. Turning to the Spirit. Stop! Stop! 
right there. Then he turned to the girl. Many of us are turning to the wrong thing in our life. You're turning to what you see, but you got to turn to what you don't see. Stay with me. Stay with This is very, very important. I like the way it says he turned to the spirit. And look what happened. And he said, and I commanded, he said, and I command you in the name of Jesus to come out of her. And it came out. Okay. So know when you do spiritual warfare, the enemy is not going to be happy. Just because you dealt with one level doesn't mean he won't upgrade how he comes after you. Never take a break after a victory. Listen to me. Stay with me today. Stay with me today. Now look at what the text says. It says, when, in verse 19, when her owners realize that their hope of profit was gone, they seized Paul and Silas. Now, you got to understand, it wasn't just the men. It was the spirits behind the entire operation. The only demon involved wasn't just the demon in the girl. The whole situation in the city is ruled by spirits. So do you think when you get one level of victory that the enemy's just going to let you just get away with it like that? He's going to upgrade on you. He's going to level up on you. But if you don't know what your level up techniques are, you're going to be destroyed. Stay with me. Says in verse 20, bringing them before the chief magistrates, they said these men are seriously disturbing our city. What did they do? All they did was cast out a demon and a girl. But they said that it disturbed the city. It says these are Jews and are pr promoting customs that are not legal. Wow. For us as Romans to adopt or practice, the crowd join in. So it upgrades. So not only are the magistrates, but now the people. And he said, attack against them. And the chief magistrate stripped them of their clothes, ordered them to be beaten with rods. After they had severely flogged them, they threw them in jail, ordering the jailer to guard, uh, to guard them carefully. Receiving such an order, he put them into the inner prison. That's the deeper part of the prison. That's dark and you can't see. And their feet in stocks. Stop. Now, most of us at this point would be brokenhearted, ready to give up on ministry and in life. But these two didn't. They got put in the darkest part of the prison where there are no bathrooms. So everybody and their fecal matter was all in their midst. Defecations and fecal matter was all over the place, and they're chained in there with nowhere to go. So if it's dark and stinking and you're in deep pain, what do you do? These two made an interesting decision. Look what it says they did. About midnight. I feel the Holy Ghost right there. At about midnight, Paul and Silas were praying. 
and singing hymns to God. Help me today, God. <laughs> they understood warfare. They didn't start trying to legislate that he's a Roman and him appealing to Caesar. He didn't do any of that at this point. <clears throat> he didn't ask people to get a, a, a hashtag campaign, free Paul and Silas. <laughs> in the middle of the prison, in darkness, in the worst situation that you could ever be in, after being severely beating, meaning they were bleeding and could get infection in the midst of all of that fecal matter, and they didn't worry about anything, they just began singing, holy, 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 Lord God Almighty. And they began praising and singing and praising and singing and praising and singing. Somebody go get that. And praising and singing. And then all of a sudden, it says, and the prisoners were listening. Suddenly. There was such a violent earthquake that the foundations of the jail were shaken and immediately all the doors were open and everybody's chains came loose. Warfare prayer. They understood that those men didn't put them in prison, but that the enemy had put them in prison. There's some things that you aren't going to get through until you get over your, your, your fake wiring in the natural. Because some of us got this fake wiring thing, I'm a high eye I on the Myers-Briggs indicator. And so that indicates that I don't functionally function that way because I'm not wired to worship like you worship. Well, the Bible doesn't give any type of type indicators. It just gives commands. And so, and so, and so sometimes you're going to be in some situations where the enemy is going to follow you around. You're going to be in some situations where you're going to need, see, that's, that's why some of y'all are still looking at me funny, because you're scared to worship. You think, you think it's weird to worship, but I'm just letting you know, until you learn warfare prayer and warfare worship, there's some things that won't happen in your life. You're still looking at me funny. <sighs> Saul got demon-possessed. He said, go get David. Somebody said, go get David. He's a worshiper dude. He writes songs and stuff. David went in there with the lyre and played the lyre while he was tormented. But I'm pretty sure David didn't just play the lyre. I'm pretty sure he was praying too. And the Bible says that when he played, the evil spirit would leave him. Okay, y'all still think I'm, 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 I'm tripping. Um, in, 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 in the book of Joshua... God didn't tell the people of God to pull out a weapon when they went to Jericho. Why? Because I don't have time at this point to show you, but it points to the spirits that are behind, based on Deuteronomy 32, all of the Canaanite people groups. And so when he began to, when, they, when God told them to go around all them days, it was actually a spiritual warfare work. How do I know it was a spiritual warfare work? Because they didn't pick up one item in their hand to fight because God is previewing to us the fact that the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but they are divinely. And the Bible says, like the old Jericho saw, and the walls came tumbling down. How many walls are up in your life? Because you refuse to look stupid in the natural, but look smart in the spirit. 
<laughs> I'm trying to let you know that sometimes you're going to have to look crazy. I had recently, um, I'm, I'm with my wife. We, last week, we, we, I did some preaching in a couple, few cities. And <clears throat> Hebrew Israelites flew in to the event. Well, outside, I didn't even know they were there. They said, since you've been talking all this online, they all lined up outside, got a spot across the street. I didn't even know it. One came in and started looking for I didn't know until somebody hit me up and said, yo, they in the hotel. Now, um, I'm um, going to just, you know, you know, I'm, I'm not... Like, my wife with me. So, I'm like, I'm like glasses off. <laughs> like, like, like fam. Like, I ain't no fighting dude all the time. <laughs> but family. Man, Lord, keep me in earthly, holy English. Because I... Some like my wife with me, you walking around looking for me. Like, I, I'm not the one. I'm just telling you real about you. Like, I'm not the one. So I had to make a decision. I, I hit up some friends. I was like, I hit up some of my accountability. I said, man, like, what do I need to do? They was like, you don't need to go downstairs, E. They said, don't do not go downstairs. They said it's a distraction. They said, you're there to preach the word on restorative justice. And you're there to minister. And the enemy is, remember Nehemiah 5, saying about it and Tobiah. They're outside trying to heckle you down to get you distracted from what God has called you to do in there. Then, then what made, it, made me mad, they did a live and they put all this stuff on. I was like, you know what? You know what, God? And then I was outside cutting the grass with my kids. We were working on the yard. I'm closing on this. And I put this song in my ear, and my, my kids are used to me. I just started worshiping outside, hands up in the yard. I don't know what my neighbors were thinking. I was, I was, I was shabacking in the yard and, and going like this and, you know, and, and praying and praying. And God brought the issue to my mind, and I began to pray because I began to get real frustrated and nervous about it. I began to pray, and I began to pray. And, the, and, and I, I sense something coming down. Now, this is the charismatic, tongue-talking stuff in me. That something came down in the Holy Ghost. And, the, and the, Lord, the, Lord, the Lord said to me, do not be distracted. He said, don't forget Psalm 37. Do not fret because of evildoers, because I see their day. Dwell in the land. Cultivate faithfulness. I, I, I heard it just as clear as day. And I began to start praising. I began crying my son, holding the lawnmower, looking at me like this, like, what's happening to daddy? But, 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 but a shift happened in me. And I believe a shift happened in the spirit because I, was, I wanted to knock somebody out, if you ask me. I wanted to... Cut somebody out if you ask me. I wanted to go after somebody and shake somebody, but God said, I'm going to raise you. Don't use a fleshly mechanism, but use the fruit of your. Yeah, I, I'm learning. I'm learning. 
And all of us need to learn there's some stuff you're going through. That God, there, there's a process in prayer. I'm going to talk about this in a few weeks. Where as you pray, there's a capsule in heaven on which the prayer threshold is the releasing mechanism for what God wants for you. Uh, let me explain something to you. That's what Luke 18 is about, tarrying in prayer, and God has a timing. Why? Because God never releases anything to you that he hasn't sovereignly already decided that he's going to give to you. You don't create a thing to provide for you in prayer like it's a new idea to God. The fact that you want to pray for it is God giving you the unction to use the mechanism of release to open up the very thing that he's wanting to do for you, but he has a timing and commitment and pressing threshold in, in, in your soul of timing and seed and heart. He, you got to learn that. I'm done. Um, woman went to heaven. Woman went to heaven, and she saw all of these treasures in the treasury, of heavenly treasury, and she's like, what is all this? Oh, he said, don't pay no attention to that. That's just stuff believers didn't get. He said, didn't get. This stuff that healings and deliverances and resources, things that I, I, God wanted to do, but believers didn't pray them down. They, she noticed that they were on conveyor belts. She's like, why are they on conveyor belts? He says, because when you're praying, it moves. He said, why some of them stop midway and why some of them still at the first of the line, but then some of them are right at the edge. He says, some people didn't pray at all. Some people started praying and they got tired. And some people were right on the edge of a breakthrough. Some people were right on the edge of deliverance, but they gave up and they stayed here. There's some things that God wants to do in you that you have to persevere in prayer for it to be released. I'm done. Father, we honor you that prayer, God, is the mechanism for your sovereignty in many cases to release the conditional things that you want to give to us. things that you want to do in our souls and in our life. God, your people are in desperate need of becoming people of prayer. But there are a group of people here that can't be a people of prayer. Thank you for tuning in to today's message. I hope that it was a blessing to you and it was aiding in your life to help you to show off the glory of Christ in every area of life. If this message has been a blessing to you, we want you to consider partnering with us in ministry so that we can maximize what God has called us to do locally, nationally, and internationally. You can go to epiphanyfellowship.org, go under give, and consider donating. Thank you. Take care. See you next week.